Hi, friends. This is Heather Vickery, and you've tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. I am curious, how strong is your inner critic? Do you even recognize how often that pesky little voice messes with your day and ultimately your success? Honestly, learning to hear that voice takes a lot of practice. And then there's the part where you learn to quiet that voice and not let it run your life. I'm telling you, this is really brave work. It's something we do a lot of in the Brave on Purpose Collective and in my Intentionally Brave Entrepreneurs program. But today's guest is Annie Goudreau, and she used to be a work-obsessed executive on the brink of total burnout. How many of you can identify with that? After discovering a new passion for herself and a new passion for life, Annie now helps older women empower themselves to learn to age with compassion, because that's what she's done for herself. Gosh, aging with compassion sounds really magical, doesn't it? I mean, how often are we just unbelievably hard on ourselves? So tune in to hear how you can give yourself these wonderful gifts or maybe share the insight and knowledge with somebody else. Love, resilience, curiosity. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Brave Files. Today's guest went from burnout to endurance athlete in her 30s and then all the way to a brand new career. I can't even imagine. I don't even like to walk up the stairs at a quick pace, but Annie Goudreau has done 12 marathons and three Ironman triathlons. She's amazing. She's amazing. She practices what she preaches. She helps other people do this. All of this was kind of a later in life change. Not that 30s is later in life, but I can't wait to hear more. Annie, welcome to The Brave Files. Thank you for having me, Heather. <laughs> I am always really impressed when I hear... I mean, I just, I don't run. That is just not a thing I do. But when I hear of, you know, marathons and Ironmans and what was happening in your life that led you to deciding to get into endurance sports in your 30s? Mm, it's like such a great question. First, I always like to say, I believe that there is an athlete in all of us. Mm-hmm. There is not necess- There might not be an, ele- an, an Olympic level athlete or an endurance athlete or a super coordinated athlete, but all that to say that I do believe that there is that in all of us, especially in women. Okay. Um, but I, I stumbled upon this and it was a pure accident because I was a super stressed out executive. I was running my own agency. And I was basically all work, no play. And my social life was in a shamble. 
uh, because I always prioritized work. And um, I had just been um, given a business coach. And that person quickly identified, oh, my God, girlfriend, you need you need to do something else in work. <laughs> and running was one of those things that was really easy in the sense that you did not need to be part of a class. I did not have to go to a gym and be part of a you know, certain schedule. So that was the start. I thought, that's great. There's a boardwalk down the street. I can just run. I can just run. I swear I've never had that thought ever. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say run I well. Like yeah, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, what I love about what you said is, and I just, it's fascinating that it came up. It's funny. Universally, we'll see if this appears in my life again. Um, I tend to, to go with the rule of three when things show up in my life three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take action on it and it's not going to be what you think it was. I just got off a coaching session with my intentionally way entrepreneurs. And one of my members was talking about the importance of doing something that fills you up. That's not work. Mm. And that is, of course, what you have just said, and you chose endurance sports, and that's probably not what this client that I was talking to is going to do. But this idea that we think that if it's not family-oriented, that work should be enough all the time, especially if we're entrepreneurs, especially Mm -hmm. if we do things that we love and we're passionate about that, all of a sudden, that's going to fill all of our buckets. And the reality is it doesn't really. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I I really had a life that was really empty. And I'm, you know, this was part of my journey is I don't think I I don't think I found running. I think running found me Mm -hmm. and I'm very grateful for it because it's through running that I truly started to discover who I was. Yeah. And that is one of the beauties of endurance sport because you are faced with the darkest, the darkest places of your soul. Because so physically you're exhausted and mentally well you're exhausted. Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about that for a minute. What, what is that experience like? You say you're, you're exposed to the darkest corners of your soul what happens for you when you're doing an endurance activity like that it's like all your saboteurs come together for a little party and they say we are gonna show you that this is the stupidest thing you've ever decided to do absolutely all of the demons that you've ever had all of the Mm. imposters the insecurities Oh my God, you know, and, and it goes on like that. It's like, oh, Annie, that was a stupid idea. You're not meant to do this. You're not that talented. You're not even athletic. Others are much better than you. It goes on and on and on. And it, it really forces you to examine all these beliefs, you know, this chatter that we all have in our head. Yeah. And that, that, you know, sometimes we don't want to quiet down. <laughs> quiet down. All these little voices that are trying to detract you from believing in yourself, from pushing through, from overcoming things. That is what I mean by endurance sports will do that because it is a, the, the, the actual event itself, I always say, is not the hardest part. The hardest yeah. part is the training, right? The training. Yeah, sure. The getting, you know, I'm in Toronto. It's 
you know, six months of the year, it's not that great to run outside and uh, you're not motivated and you don't want to, you don't want to get, you know, get your ass out there and, and do the work. So it forces you to confront that all the time. And it's been a gift. It's been a gift because I never knew that there were so many demons working against me. Right. Oh, that's fascinating. But I feel like there's a disconnect because when I'm hearing you say all of those nasty voices come up <laughs> and I'm like, well, we have those. We all have those limiting voices and they are vile and they're also lying. They're, they're such liars. But what I'm missing is what happens in between that? Like, why not just quit? When you hear all those voices, why don't you go, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm just going to stop. Like, where, what clicks that, that it changes for you that you shut those voices down or that you at least put them in their place and keep going? Mm-hmm. That's, you, because you, you don't ignore them, but you acknowledge them and you call them out. For me, it was a real discovery process. It was like, well, look at that. You know, I always knew I was insecure, but not at that level. <laughs> I never knew that there was a quitter in me, but not at that strength. And I started to really, I started to realize this is, I can either let them run the show or I can get back in the driver's seat of my life. Yeah. And that is why it was such a catalyst because I started to apply this in all the other dimensions of my life and not let fear, because it's yeah. fear, essentially, yeah. right? Yep. Um, so I'm going to either let fear run the show, or I'm going to get back in the driver's seat. And yeah. I was like, this is, this is not going to happen. And yeah. it was a beautiful, beautiful process. It's hard, but incredibly, um, I would say it's the biggest gift I've ever received. Well, what I love about that is what I didn't hear you say is, oh, I made them go away. They don't go away. No way. You just sort of tuck <laughs> that, that fear and those voices in your pocket and say, all right, well, you do your thing, but I'm going to do my thing too. And knowledge is power, right? So recognizing that you have all those voices, that, that it's so much worse than you even thought it was, being aware of that is in of itself such an empowering experience, right? To say, oh, oh yes. now I know how much I'm fucking with myself and I'm not going to let that win. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> because you, you know, you realize you actually always have a choice and it started to, it started to become a little bit of a game for me because I'd be like, oh, I know, I know you want me to quit right now, but guess what? You know, there is no quitting here. I know it's hard. I know, you know, some, some races that I did were particularly challenging and I was not happy, but I knew that um, by changing the dialogue in me, I'd say, you know, I know, I know this is crap right now. I know this is not great, but I also know there's a lot of realities out there that people are living that are way harder than this. So we're just gonna get through this and be done with it. I was able to just contain it. I think that sometimes these voices also amplify, they amplify situations that, and then you, you become paralyzed. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. And that's why we don't take the next step. We, we don't try the new thing. We don't make that phone call. We don't change job, whatever, right? whatever yeah. that may be for us at that time. I can see how that would come into play. So once you started participating in these endurance sports and 
recognizing this about yourself and deciding that you were going to drive, that, that those things could exist, that those voices, those fears, that they could exist, but they weren't in charge. You were in charge. Mm-hmm. What else changed in your life from there? Almost everything. Almost everything. I left a long-standing relationship that I had, um, I had forced myself to, to like because it checked all the boxes. And, uh, but I was deeply unhappy. And it was a very scary move as well because we owned a business together. So when I left, I was, I was leaving everything. Um, so it was, it was really starting at zero. And after that, I started to tackle the things that also scared me the most. So I actually started a business, but on my own, 100% on my own, which was terrifying. Absolutely. It was terrifying. And yet I thought if I can, you know, and often I would say, if I survived that one marathon that was absolutely the worst, I can certainly do this. And uh, I used it constantly as a leverage. I love that concept. I use that all the time and I suggest it to clients as well. Like think about the hardest thing you've ever done. And it doesn't mean you want to do anything that hard again. But if you can do that, you can do this, whatever this is. Yes. There was a woman actually that when she finished her marathon with us, was a big group of women. And she went on stage to share her her experience. And she said that after years of being afraid of increasing her rates as a bookkeeper, she was finally able to do it after the marathon because she used she used that momentum to, you know, really uh, hone in on her, her confidence of her skills and what she brought to the party and was able to do that, which was obviously obviously for her a massive milestone. And I used it in other things later on to buy a house on my own, to go back to school, um, you know, in my 40s, which was, you know, awful, (laughs) but Uh, so extraordinary. (laughs) (laughs) I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who wishes in in her, she just turned 50, that um, she'd gone to medical school. And I Mm. said, is it too late? She goes, oh, absolutely. It's too late. And I'm thinking it's not too late. It would be really hard. It would be way harder to go to medical school in your 50s. But it's not too late. No, it's not too late. No. Because, you know, I did chemistry and biochemistry in my 40s. And, um, and I had massive headaches. But you, you do get through it. And it is, it is part of the journey. And I so, so would like everybody that is listening who has doubts about this to really know that it is never too late. It's never too late to do whatever no. it is that you want to do. Yes. You know, and sometimes the way that I have looked at it is, and especially this was the case for me, I was in my early 40s at that time, I thought I cannot turn 50 and have, let's say, average women's life is around 85 these days. I cannot face 35 more years doing the same shit. I cannot look at myself in the mirror and say, hey, Annie, way to go, great job. I just (laughs) could not face it. Yeah, I really get that. And I always say that about folks who find me as a success coach. Um, By the time you've found me, you've decided that you are no longer willing to accept the bullshit that is in front of you. And until, until you've hit that breaking point, 
you're, I'm not the right coach for you and you're not going to make the changes that you want to make. But when you hit that breaking point and you go, ah, no way, this is no longer acceptable, you will do all sorts of miraculous things. That's why I'm so mm-hmm. curious to hear your thoughts on this. They always, they used to call it all midlife crisis and I call it midlife catharsis because mm-hmm. there's something that happens in our 40s where we go, wait a minute. I don't have to buy this load of shit people have been selling me forever. I don't have to do this. I can do what I want to do. I'm a grown-ass person. Hallelujah. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I have a friend who calls it um, this approach to the power years is a total awakening. Yes. Is a total awakening. It's pretty Um, great. it doesn't have to be also be a crisis. I know a lot of people who've gone through this in a beautiful, kind, Catharsis. gentle yeah. way, right? And But I also know that for some people, it's like, okay, we're going to have to blow up all of this and then start new. And I feel like that's the way that I had to do it. You had to I do think it. that, yeah, and I, I feel that I had to do it because I did not want to give myself one chance to be able to go back in a moment of weakness and to say, oh, that was so much easier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with a plan B. I think some people need it, but some people use it as a crutch. And totally is. It's a lack of faith to have a plan B. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I really, I really do feel that. Absolutely. And so then when you transitioned careers in your forties, what did you move into at that point? So I became a nutritionist and I specialized to be a wellness coach to middle-aged women because it was such a time of need from women's point of view and the medical system does not pay attention to women. Yeah, it's correct. The medical (laughs) books still feature way too many research that is based on men. The data is still, you know, the, the learning and the data is still so much orient. It's changing, but you have to understand it changes very slowly. And it is a magnificent time of, of opportunity for women. And here we are struggling with, oh, you know, hormones and sleep and kids that are leaving, maybe not so leaving, Mm -hmm. coming back. There's all kinds of changes that are happening in someone's life. Yet the medical system with their 15 minutes appointments, certainly here, it's just not suited to answer the complex needs that women have. So I decided that this was going to be my life's mission and show women that we don't have to age the way that it's been portrayed in the media. And that's become, that's become a little bit of my, my whole passion is debunking what aging means for women. This is my audience. I'm passionate about women's health and yeah. really showing that there is another way. Yeah. As somebody who is, you said the word, sometimes society is hard to unwire. You said the words middle-aged and I literally shuddered, but I'm Mm. 46. I am for sure in the middle of my lifespan, but something about, something about that term is just really hard to swallow. Yes. Um, Let's just, I like better, I like, I don't know. I'd love to come up with a better word, but I do appreciate because there, it is this strange juxtaposition of like we talked about before, a catharsis, a willingness to rewrite it, redesign it, give it, make it what you want, 
And at the same time, our body is like totally screwing with us, right? Like we do, we stop sleeping and all of a sudden we hurt in places we didn't know existed. And that sounds ridiculous. Like, oh, I slept funny and now my back yes. hurts. Like, how is that a thing? <laughs> all of a sudden, like it wasn't a thing yesterday and now it's a thing. What does that even mean, right? But, and so there's such a tender spot there as we're coming into ourselves and yet we are completely transforming and becoming people we don't know. How do we love those people? that are us yes how do we treat them with kindness but also use them to their max potential and not just give up on them yes and that's why I love I'm so glad that you used the word love because that's one of my three words it's when I started to honor and really love who I am that I was able to get to that next level to really listen to that beautiful sage voice that was in me that said, you know, this other career is okay, but there is a whole new world for you. There's a whole new place for you to serve. And that comes when you honor who you are without getting too mushy, you know, it really, it is all about that because I never believed in that. I believed in, I almost believed more in that male energy of go, 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 achieve, Mm -hmm. accomplish. (laughs) <laughs> how how big, how far, how much, yeah. and discover that, okay, that might be suited for some people, but this is really not, this is not just who I am. There is this whole, whole other side, and I had never honored that side. Yeah. I, I That's beautiful to me, um, honoring that side, getting comfortable with that side, opening up to it, and then sharing it, which is such a vulnerable thing to do in the work that you do is to to show that but as Brene Brown says vulnerability is the birthplace of invention and you open up so many opportunities for yourself and others when you do that yes I know that you have been on a book journey you you have a book coming out in the fall can you tell us a little bit about it yes and it is about that journey it is about that journey that is all about showing women what healthy aging is all about. Really, uh, it's like taking a fresh new book and having healthy pictures of what women are capable of. Because the science and what we see in the media, there's a huge disconnect. The, The potential that women have with their health is incredible. And it is, I want to arm women with the knowledge so that they can make the best decision for themselves, so that they can thrive with this person that they are. Mm. I love that statement, so that you can thrive with the person that you are. Not not as a reformed, rechanged, and that may be part of the process, but first you have to meet yourself where you are before you can create any change. Correct. So much. And the the media is full of myths about aging. And um, the reality is that there is so much more out there that we can do. You actually had a guest on that was very much living that experience. Um, It was Karen Brasco, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Five minute success. Yeah. She's a new lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a pure example of what that is all about. So that's what the book is going to be about. Is it a memoir 
Or is it a how-to? I will definitely pull on my story, but mm -hmm. it is much more about a how-to. Okay. I want to inspire women because my story is definitely not perfect. It's actually far more imperfect than it is perfect. <laughs> That's the best kind for all of us. Yes, it's very messy and it's very it's filled with mistakes and oh please don't do what I did and here's what I've learned from that. But I think that um, women want answers to their questions and they 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 also need to be shown what is possible. And I know that I can do that because as I get older, mm -hmm. my health has only gotten better. And my accomplishments from a physical standpoint have only gotten better. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot to share that will inspire other women. That's exciting. What's your writing process? Oh my goodness. This has been a tough one. English is my second language. <laughs> so okay. I've always had this insecurity about my ability to write nicely in English. And, and I used to be a very good writer in French, my first language. And it's gotten better. But I also decided that in order, in order to overcome my insecurity, I needed to organize this almost in a, um, uh, in a journal form. So mm. I share... Yeah. What are the lessons? What, what can we take now? I also write right now a newsletter that is weekly. And I draw a lot of my experience from my book from that because I get inspired by a topic. I research it. I spit it out. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I've had a lot of success with. So I think that women are resonating with the messages in there. I love that. I, I always want people to hear other folks writing experiences because there's a book in so many people and they don't quite know how to tackle it. But this idea of taking content from stuff you've already put your blood, sweat and tears into and, and reusing it or using it as a catalyst or jumping off point is so special. I think that's really, really brilliant. I would be curious to know from you, you've made all of these huge changes in your life and now you're giving this back to other women and helping them step up into themselves in, in different ways. How do you, other than your endurance sports, how do you practice self-care? Oh my God, I have been a work in progress when it comes to that. Um, I, you know, I used to hate yoga. I am gonna just put it out there. I used to hate <laughs> Yoga could not stand it. And I am the most inflexible woman you've ever met in your life. So Just I, physically, though, right? Oh, not that's mentally right. and emotionally. Correct. <laughs> Correct. This body was not meant to be a pretzel. And I think that I was always very envious of these beautiful, gracious women that just could bend. And, and then I realized that I did not hate yoga. I did not like being with my thoughts. Because in yoga, oh, there is stillness. Yes. Right? yes. And when I discovered that, it, it, it was almost life-changing. Because I thought, oh my God, there's all this wisdom inside. And I want to know. I want to hear. And I discovered so many things. And I am still terribly inflexible. <laughs> I am still terribly inflexible, but I love my quiet time with 
gentle yoga. It's a very gentle yoga that I practice. Yes. Yeah. And I spend time with my thoughts. It's, it's, and they're not horrifying. That takes a lot of work. I really do believe that. Oh, yes. Yes. And yeah. you're not always listening to things that, <laughs> that you're thrilled with. But right? it's the curiosity. You have to get curious as to what is going on. And it helps me, you know, you were asking about, you know, the beginning, we go full circle in the beginning of the conversation with those voices. You start to be able to tame voices. You're able to say, oh, yeah, I recognize you. I realize you're there. Isn't that interesting? I don't judge it. I have these yes. interesting dialogues yeah. and goes back to this is part of who I am. This That's is self-compassion. Yes. To, to honor those voices, to hear them, to acknowledge them, but to not judge them and to not give them power. That's self-compassion. Very much so. I always thought it was yeah. love, but I love your interpretation that it's self-compassion. Are you familiar with Kristen Neff's work? She's the scientist that did all the research on, on how self-compassion actually can change your life. No, I'm not. And I, I missed the, her last name. Sorry. Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. -F. Uh, highly recommended. We'll link to the book in the show notes. She's got a couple of books out, but literally she wrote the book on self-compassion and did the science. Oh. Um, and it was game-changing for me. I've only been exposed to it in the last year. And so I've done a ton of growth work and still I was able to, it was really life shifting to move into not just a space of self-care and not just a space of grace, all of those things, super important, but legitimate self-compassion, the kind of compassion we would give somebody else. Mm, beautiful. Very much so. I think that that's probably been the hardest thing for me to do because I was so hard on myself and um, uh, always judging myself the harshest, the, 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 the type yeah. of judgment that you would not put on others. I was doing that on myself. So many people do that. Mm -hmm. Well, I would love for you to check out Kristen Neff's work and then let me know what you think of it. I, that would Thank be, you for that fun to hear. But we are our own worst critic. And I'd love to if you could give listeners one piece of advice, let's just say they're listeners who are in, in our in our age demographic, who are going through these changes and, and wanting to step into themselves in this way that you've been describing, where do they start? Oh, my God, it's just a matter of starting. It really just yes, but starting. that's so hard when you have de decision fatigue or there are too many options or not enough options or like what's the, what's the easiest low-hanging fruit? I always say that momentum builds momentum. So even mm -hmm. 10 minutes, I, it, you know, in my coaching practice, I see, I see women who have been, you know, overwhelmed by life. And there are so many things that are, you know, as, as they would say, there's a lot more wrong than there's a lot more right right now in my life. And often they are amazed at what a 10 minute walk, for example, will do for them. Yeah. It's about starting yeah. with something that you can psychologically handle. And yeah. I used to have a coach who used to say, if you don't feel like going for a run for your training, I, I will just say, go for five minutes. That's it. That's the only commitment I'm going to ask of you. 
And of course, I would go for the five minutes because I'd say, I can handle five minutes as shitty as I feel today yes. about life or about my work or my partner or something's going on with the kids or, you know, the, the list goes on, right? We, we, have all, we have all these things going on. So I always say the 10 minutes will already make it shift. It will actually shift you. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I totally agree that momentum begets momentum 100%. And so get up and get going. And if that's all you do, then you can feel good about it. But it may motivate you to do more. Yes. And tomorrow, if you can just do 10 minutes again, just do 10 minutes. And I promise you that it will lead eventually to you saying, well, I think I can do 15. And today maybe might be just a day. And it is incredible what it will do for you. Love that. I love that. I, I, to me, that's something to be celebrated, which is the next th- wonderful question I get to ask you is how do you celebrate? Um, and they could be anything. It could be big. It could be writing a book, but also the 10 minutes. Like, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to show up today. It doesn't even matter how, for how long or how much I'm just going to show up. How do you celebrate? Oh, my God. Most of my celebrations in life surround my big, big passion for food. I love food. I love cooking. I love eating. So I often celebrate through I'm going to experiment. I'm going to give myself permission to reach out and get creative and get out of my comfort zone and treat myself to something that is beautifully experiential. Love that. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I love that question because I love to see all sorts of different answers from people and what they connect <laughs> with. And and often I hear, oh, I'm not so good at that. And then we talk about it and maybe discover people are celebrating and they don't even know it. We're just redefining what it means to celebrate, just like we're redefining what it means to be brave and courageous and to to create change and, and all of that. So mm-hmm. those that's just lovely. Um Annie, what is your favorite charitable organization to support? Well, I lost a brother to a suicide a number oh, of I'm years so ago. Um, thank you. Thank you. But we've, we have done a lot of work, myself and my family, to just um, destigmatize the notion yeah. of suicide. And I, so my favorite uh, charity is the uh, Distress Centers. It's a 24-7 line open to adults that need support and that are in distress. Yeah. Oh goodness. That's a very near and dear to your heart. I know it's, it's, it is to mine as well. So listeners, as always, that's going to be our charitable organization of the week, our charity of the week. And we ask you to do what you can, whether that's social media shares and likes, if you've got time or money to donate or just thinking of it and and putting it out there for other people, we are now called upon um, in this, in this mission to redefine bravery and to decide for ourselves who and how we want to live in the world, to come together as a global community, to show up for one another and to support one another um, in really big ways. So I thank you for sharing that with us, Annie. Oh, my pleasure. Would you give us your three words one last time? Yes. Love, resilience, and curiosity. First of all, those are just three magical words. And we talked about them. I mean, we didn't, spe- you, you, you did call out love and curiosity specifically, which I so appreciate. That's great when that happens. Um, but resilience is just, it's just in the doing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think some folks feel like 
you have resilience or you don't, which is not true. Resilience can be taught. It can be learned. It That's definitely the 10 is minutes, mm-hmm. right? That's just the show up thing. And it also doesn't, it doesn't mean that you don't get hurt. It doesn't mean that you don't fall down. It just simply means you don't lay down and die. You get up and do it again. You get up and show up again. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I think that w- m- while people admire the fact that there might be all these endurance events and, oh, my God, you're so strong and you're so extraordinary, the fact is is that I've had a lot of difficult time, lots of very different you know, challenges along the way, and I am no different than anybody else. It's resilience. Thank you for sharing that. It is resilience. And those are just beautiful words. I am so grateful to have had a little corner of your time to hear your your energy and to share with folks what you're working on. And just this full notion that it doesn't matter where you are, you are worthy and you you can show up for yourself. And if you love everything, then that's awesome. Keep it going. But if you want to change it, and you can recognize where you are right now. You can literally do anything you want. Absolutely. That's so beautifully said, Heather. Oh, Annie, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. And it's also been wonderful to listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to have you as a fan and as a listener. That's such a treat for me. I appreciate that. You'll have to keep us posted. Let us know when the book comes out so that we can share that with our listeners. They're all going to be eager, I know, to get their hands on it. I promise. Definitely. Thank you. And then how can folks connect with you if, if they'd like to do so? Very simple. Um, you can reach me at vive.ca. That's V-E-E-V.ca. That's my website. Everything is on there. And you can sign up for that newsletter I mentioned earlier. And there's lots and lots of resources for women to learn about different topics there as well. Awesome. Fantastic. We're going to put all those links in the show notes as well. So you, if you didn't get a chance to write that down, don't worry. Just visit vickeryandco.com and we'll have all the links to that. Y'all, this has been awesome. It's been a little bit of a, a a power session with some really great nuggets of um, connection and loving yourself and giving yourself self-compassion, meeting yourself where you're at so that you can grow. We don't get to grow unless we know where we are. And that's so valuable and so important. And so I would love to know, how are you growing? Where are you right now? And, and what is it that you want for yourself? I'd love to hear thoughts on that, how you're out choosing bravely, what you think of the show, give me a call 312-646-0205 and share that with me. It would be such a pleasure to connect with you. I hope you'll come back next Thursday as well. Thank you for being here. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every day to go out and choose bravely. Hey friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. 
They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash LibroFM. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice, and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book, and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you've had this thought and then quickly shut it down because who has the time or you don't know how or gosh, it just all seems too hard. If you have something to share with the world, we want to encourage you to get your message out. The world needs to hear it. Did you know that 50% of all homes are podcast fans? If you've ever wondered about having your own podcast or how it can increase your business or get your message across, then please join me and the other experts from the Podcast Power Academy for our monthly free Q&A session. It's called, So You Want to Start a Podcast? This casual live conversation will help you understand how podcasting can be a great decision, why now is the best time to get started, and how to get into action with it. Visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes and full episode transcripts, or to get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know what you think of the show. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery and Co-Success Coaching. Coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to everyone on Team Brave, from our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. Special thanks to Molly, Mary, Kim, Sabra, and Sabrina. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>